0: title of my short message today would be Lord teach us to pray you know the disciples were hanging out with Jesus and they saw the miracles he did they were so close to him and they still came to that conclusion that they need to ask their teacher to say Lord teach us how to pray before I go on I would like to just share something from my own life, from my own experience, that is helping me to learn how my relationship with my father also affects others. As uh, many of us know that I'm married, I have a beautiful wife named Haley, and I have a nickname for her, and the nickname is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And the times when we invite people over, we sit at the table, we talk, And after all the people leave, she looks at me and she says, Pavel, you talked too much. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I want to defend myself. I'm like, no, I I was supposed to say that. But deep inside of my heart, I know that she's right. Don't we hate (laughs) that? Especially married people. You're like, man. Sometimes when we come to God, it's so, so true in our relationship with him when we pray. That we're so busy just talking and saying our own things to him and, and, and telling him everything and then not giving him the opportunity to speak. And so often the Holy Spirit comes and says, Pavel, you talk too much. <laughs> and I have to be honest and say, yes, Lord. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. The first slideshow that I would like for us to look at is having a teachable heart. How important it is for all of us having a teachable heart. He says, "Now it came to pass that he, he was praying in a certain place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray." How important it is for us as people, as Christians, to say, "Lord." Teach me to pray. I don't know how to do it sometimes. But I would like for you to come and teach me. I grew up in a big family. Twelve brothers and one sister. One dad, one mom. That's really important. <laughs> and we all were sitting around. And our parents would say, now you have to sit. Kneel and all around them. And we would we'd take the hands and we would pray. And sometimes they would ask us to pray individually. Can you imagine how long that would be? 13, 15 people individually. And we had a certain way to do it. It's not that this is the correct way and this is wrong. But it's just something on their heart that was to teach us how to pray. They would teach us, put your hands like this, close your eyes. Don't rub your eyes. And they were teaching us how to pray as kids. And that had an impact in my life. Sometimes we want to be so proper. And it's something wrong For us to be proper, but there is something wrong when we care about properness that overtakes the whole point of what prayer is all about. I have a small daughter, she's just two years old. And I think it's a good thing what my parents taught me as a kid and I'm trying to teach her as well. We come in the morning or in the evening before we go to bed, we kneel down in the living room. and I'm asking her, Eliana, can you put your hands like this? And she puts it like that and... I say in Russian language, because God hears Russians. <laughs> and I say to her, just repeat after me, Господь, я люблю тебя, благодарю тебя за этот which means, God, I love you, and I thank you for this day, and so on and so forth. And she repeats after me. But I noticed that lately, she doesn't obey me so much. And she tells me, Daddy, not like that, like this. Put, put. And then she kind of just looks through and and sees what I'm trying to do. She teaches me actually how to pray. And then when we're in the middle of prayer. When we feel like yes I'm getting somewhere. She says daddy daddy the dog is not here. The dog needs to come and sit and pray. And I'm like my goodness stop it. This is the holy moment. We're talking with almighty God. You're interrupting the communication. And I'm getting frustrated. Sometimes I'm really stern with her. Leave the dog alone. We are praying right now. <laughs> and so often I caught myself. That I am so worried about a form. than a heart behind it. And I began to think about. How my two year old daughter. Is teaching me how to pray. When she feels so comfortable. Talking to God. And in the moment when something came that she thinks that a puppy should sit down and pray too. That she says that. And she doesn't try to be so proper. There's nothing wrong with being proper. As I said. But there's something wrong when we get so familiar with properness. That we lose the heart behind what prayer is all about. When praying, we have to be real with God. Don't try to be someone that you're not. I remember... Years ago, where I was serving as a youth leader in Rochester, New York, in one of the churches, and when I was looking how leaders do and pastors do, they usually have a nice suitcase, and they put their Bible in there, and they're trying to, you know, to come to church, you know. And I tried to be that one. And my sister-in-law looked at me one day before I was going to church, and she knew that that was not me. She knew it, and she's like, Pavel, you're trying to be someone that you're not. And I had to leave the suitcase alone, and began to just go to church. So often we do that. We come in prayer. It's almost like a switch is being turned, and all of a sudden we're oh, hallelujah. All of a sudden we become holy. And if the camera zooms in and we see our face, we're like, yes, yes. <laughs> Good thing the cameras in Times Square Church don't zoom on people, you know. So I'm not talking about this church. But I'm talking about myself. I'm tempted a lot of times to do that. When somebody just looks and, like my daughter, you know what I mean? You, you kind of pick through and, oh, this is the proper thing to do, you know. Psalm 139 verse 4 says, For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know we're all together. In the beginning of that verse, he says, "Oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts after off. You comprehend my path and my laying down. And that I acquainted with all of my ways. He's acquainted with all of our ways, not just the moment we pray or we call prayer." For there is not a word on your tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. If I can put maybe simple words that what's practical for me. I try to wake up in the morning and pray and it's so hard. I'm not a morning person. Sometimes during the day when I'm doing things, I feel condemned. that Well, I did not spend 30 minutes in prayer. Even though those things are okay. There are different stages. There are different times when we pray. Different ways that we can pray. But in the beginning when I was crying out to Lord. And I'm still crying out. Lord teach me how to pray. I don't have it all together. My two year daughter is teaching me how to pray. To be honest. To be open. And a good place to start praying is praying where you're at. Wherever where you're at. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. At work where you at. You can open up your mouth and say. God I'm struggling. I don't feel like praying. I don't want to pray. Everything within me is against. What I want to do right now. Give me the strength to pray. And he hears you. When I mow the lawn sometimes. I'm talking with the Lord. Yes I do have those moments. When I open up the Bible. And I pray and I have that time. But I think it starts in the beginning of that relationship. Can you imagine if there are two couples or married couples would go on a date and only one person just talks and talks and talks and they only do this at a certain time. That would be chaotic. I think if you're dating, I think somebody will foresee a breakup. Because communication, prayer, fellowship, it takes both ways. It takes two parties. And when we're doing what we're doing and we're saying, you know what? I'm going to start where I'm at. This is a good place to start to pray. Lord, teach me how to do this. I'm talking to you. Help my situation. And he will be there to help you. And from that point on, you will develop a relationship with him. You will develop a love, a deeper love, a deeper walk with him. And from there, it's going to be more often. Everything that you do, you're going to be, be thinking about the Lord. And, and just being able to talk with Him. And pause sometimes and say, speak to me now. And give me a hear, give me a year to hear you. And He will do this. He will speak to you. And from there on, it's going to come a moment when early in the morning, I'm going to search your God. And it's not going to be something in your own flesh that you have to work out. But it's going to be a hunger and a desire in my heart and in your heart to say, God, I'm thirsty for you. God, I want you. I want to just spend time with you. And I just want to say, good morning, God. But we need to know that in this relationship, when we are asking God to teach us how to to pray, to know that he hears us and he answers our prayers. He answers our prayers. We're not praying in vain. There's so many religions in this world. That they pray to a God. That doesn't answer. But we pray to a living God. That hears us and he answers us. (laughs) Jeremiah 33 says. Call to me. And I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things. Which you do not know. So many times we want to see things. We want to see God move. But we don't call upon Him. But He is saying, talk to me. Call upon me. And I will show you great things. I will lead you. I will move in your life. But you have to call upon Him. With faith, knowing that He answers prayers. I'm reminded when growing up, my grandfather was persecuted and was in prison two times for faith. In his 20s, and there was moments when a lot of people, a lot of his friends, died, or either they get, got killed or they died from, from just beating and they, or they died from just being hungry. But they were praying. In prison where he was, he was praying. And he was praying not just for himself, but for other brothers, the Church of Jesus Christ. And it came a moment when God answers his prayers many of the people did not return but God gave him the strength and prolonged his life to live to be 83 and a half years old to be able to see his fourth generation and about I think a little over 300 people just off from his offsprings and most of them are walking with the Lord except few but we're still believing for them Because his prayer was, God, when I come before you, I want all my family to be in heaven. God, when I stand before you, I don't want to stand empty-handed. But everything that I possess, it's yours. I would hate to be there by myself. I would want all of them to be able to understand your love. And don't get me wrong, we're not perfect. But God answered his prayer. And he's still working even though he's dead. God is still working in our families. He's still reaching God to the depths of those people that are are walking in sin. And we're believing that God will save them. I'm also reminded of my mom. Growing up I don't remember a whole lot of memories. I don't have a lot of memories that my mom spent time with me. Go to the parks, play ball and all those things. The memories that I have being... A kid that my mom was sick. When she was laying in bed. And had to come and massage her, her neck. Massage her head. Massage her feet. Because the, of the cramps. And she was just ill. But through that she was inviting us kids. To come around her. Lay hands on her and pray. And we didn't know how to do everything proper. But all we know. Just to gather around her. And just to pray for her. When we immigrated to the United States in 2000. Shortly after that, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. She began to lose weight right in front of us. It came a moment that she was laying on a mattress on the floor because the bed was too high for her. And all we could do as kids growing up, I was about 14 years old, 15 years old. Just pray. And sometimes it seemed like God did not answer the prayer. It was nothing proper to to be able to to just come and, and do a ritual thing. But you go to school and your mom is in your mind. You go to work. And your parents are in your mind. The shorter there is possible. That you might not have that person in your life. And there was just a deep cry in our hearts. As as the psalmist says. That you know all the things. When I wake up. When I go to bed. All the things. Even before a word comes out of my mouth. You already know it. Sometimes. The deepest prayers are the prayers that we don't even say it. But our heart just feels the weight of it. And I remember there was one Sunday when my mom got the strength that she needed and she went to church. And during communion, my sister-in-law put her hands on her. There was no pastors, there was no bishops, there was no nobody. It was just a simple prayer, God touch this woman and heal her. And in that moment the supernatural power came. And my mom is healed. God answers our prayers. God answers our prayers. It was not just a ritual. It was a simple cry of the heart. In the moment of need saying God. In the name of Jesus be healed. And to this day. She's traveling to Ukraine each year. Doing ministry. Helping other people. Eats everything. Walks. And it's been more than 10 years ago. God answers our prayers. It's simplicity when we open up our hearts to him. And we say God in my need. I'm going to cry out to you. Hear me from heaven. And pour out your spirit. We're all reminded. Of our beloved Earl and Fayette. I spoke to him two days ago and I asked permission to share the story. Earl is battling with cancer. I mean Fayette. And it was a moment when she was not doing really good. Before New Year's, Earl called me and says, Pavel, she's not doing well. She's in her bed. She's barely moving. She lost a lot of weight. In his mind, he's preparing for a funeral. And he's saying, but pray Guys, pray at the school there. Pray with the church. Pray. And we began to pray. We were planning to come visit them. To say goodbyes to Fayette. And they called us back. Don't even come. She doesn't want to see people. She's too embarrassed. She lost a lot of weight. But we were praying. At the school, with the staff, we were getting together. And we were just believing God for a miracle. And on Friday, when I spoke with Earl, I said, Paul, you won't believe it. It's like she's doing everything. Yes, she's still sick. Yes, she's still battling with cancer. She gained weight. We are going out. We we're doing things. And after Easter, he's planning to come and visit us. <laughs> God is answering our prayers. It might not be our own time. It might not be the way we want. But in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of pain, to say, God, I'm still yours. Let your will be done. Teach me how to put my faith in you and trust in you. It's not prayer within itself that is the answer. But faith through prayer. We need to know that. You can pray for 10 hours, but if we don't have faith in whom we're praying, we're just wasting time. Pharisees love to do that. Especially when they were getting together, they were long prayers. But they were empty. But James 5, verses 13 through 16, you can read it at home if you have a chance. But it says in verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith, we need faith. When we pray, we need to know who we pray to. When we talk to him to say, God, I don't have to to make a form around my life to, to be able for you to accept my prayer. But in this simple prayer to say, God, I have faith that as you kept my grandfather, you'll keep me and my children and my wife. As you touched my mom and healed her from cancer in a split of a second, you can do this in the body of Jesus Christ today. As you're touching Earl and Fayette and through through this process, you're leading them. They're not perfect, but they're anchored in you and they're believing in you. You're still showing your first love to them. I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to trust you for the impossible. And in my conclusion I would like to. Just share a little bit. That he gives us strength. In our weakness. So often we feel so weak. So often we don't even want to pray. So often we feel Broken. And one of the best things that we're prompt to do is just go to sleep. We would not want to deal with anything. But Second Corinthians 12 verse 9 says. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. You see the moment when we're weak. The moment when we feel like failures. The moment when we feel condemned that we don't pray enough, we don't do enough, the moment God is saying, But you're strong. Not in your own flesh, but because I live in you. And if only you can get a hold of this, if only you can realize that I am in you. You are strong. In the moment when we feel feeble, in the moment when we feel like we're almost about to give up, God is reminding us that this is the moment actually that you have been the strongest if you can put your faith and trust in me. Verse 10 says, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Say it with me. When I am weak, I am strong. One more time. For when I am weak, I am strong. Why am I strong? Because Jesus Christ. Is stronger than anything in this world. And He lives within us. Hallelujah. I would ask the band if you can come. And we're just going to go on a time of prayer. And before we do that, I would like to share just a short thought in my conclusion. And remind all of us that the Holy Spirit is always available to give us the strength in time of need. We need to depend upon the Holy Spirit. We don't have it all together. If it was up to us, we would be prompted. We would want to do everything in our own way. We would want to move in our own strength, do things in our own way. But we're in need of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Because we don't have it what it takes. The Holy Spirit is actually in us, teaching us how to pray. He's crying out, Abba Father. Abba Father. He's reminding us of who we are. He's reminding us that yes we can do supernatural things. That yes he can answer the prayer. And maybe you can be 20 years old, 30, 40, 50 or 80. It doesn't matter. We're all in need to say God teach me how to pray. In Matthew 26 verse 41 says. Watch and pray. That you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is what? Weak. Weak. The flesh is weak. weak. Galatians 5.17 reminds us. That the spirit wars against the flesh. And the flesh wars against the spirit. Apostle Paul is saying that. Sometimes I want to do the right thing. But I do the opposite. Whatever good I want to do. I do. Bad. And whatever what I don't want to do. I end up doing. And he's bringing back. To our memories. And he's reminding us one more time. How much we need the Holy Spirit. To guide us in prayer. How much we are to depend upon the Holy Spirit. And when I was. Studying this scripture. We all know. That Jesus. It was a time before his crucifixion. He was in Gethsemane. he was praying he was pouring out his heart to his father he was open with his father and he was real with him you see sometimes we think that when we come to prayer we have to say a lot of oh father God father God father God we say like 50 times in two minutes And we think that that's so beautiful. Can you imagine if we talk with somebody, we just repeat their name over and over again, thinking that that's something supernatural there? But he says, "Open up your needs before me. Don't just repeat yourself. Be real with me." And it came a moment that Jesus Christ, he had to be real with his Father, and he was praying. He was opening up before him. I don't know all the details that he was praying. But he says, "I'll put it in my own words. If it was up to me, is there an easier way for me to go? Can I not go to the cross? Are you sure your thought is true? Are you sure this is the only way I can go and save the mankind? Because prayer, brothers and sisters, it's actually bringing the relationship, the communication, the communion back together with God." The access that we have to come at any moment, any time, in the car, at work, in the evening, in our bed, praying in our closet, whatever word it is to be able to say, I have access to you, God. But then he says, but not my will. But whose will? No. Your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. In the moment he came to his disciples and he found them praying, probably snoring how often do we feel like God maybe visits us or looks down upon us and we feel like failures we're sleeping we're snoring, we don't even care about things but he comes and encourages them come on, get up and pray with me I believe that He was not Jesus was not there to condemn them but to remind them that they can fight this fight with him they have the tort and the power to do the supernatural And he comes to him, to them one last time. And he says interesting words. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I began to think about this verse. And in the context, it talks about the spirit of man. But we all know when we come to Christ, he pours out his spirit in us. And we are moved by his spirit now. And I began to look at the word willing. And one of the translations says. That the spirit of God. Is there to intervene for us at any time. The spirit of God is available for for us. To fight in the behalf of us at any time. That's why when we read Apostle Paul is saying. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. But the spirit of God prays within us. The Spirit of God is willing to pray. Is willing to fight for you. But your flesh is weak. Maybe today you're here. And you're looking at yourself like a failure. Through this passage. Jesus is reminding you that you possess something in you. That is stronger than the flesh. It's Christ himself. In me and in you. And He can give us the strength and the power that we need to be able to pray. To be able to say, God, I can't do this. And even if those are the only words that you can say, but you mean it, this is what matters. It's not about the time, but it's about the faith in Him when we pray. And we can start playing in begin to sing a song and if we can invite you guys to stand with me please I don't have it all together in my life sometimes it's so hard sometimes it's difficult to pray Maybe you got a bad report. Maybe you're battling cancer. Maybe your children are walking with the Lord. Maybe there's pain in your family. And all what it's left to do. For you to just be broken. And say I don't even know how to pray. And to be quite frank. I don't even want to pray. What is the point? But I want to remind you. In the moment when you want to give up, in the moment when you feel like the disciples falling asleep, God is offering you the supernatural power and strength that can overcome the flesh. The Spirit of God is praying within us for you, for me, for our families. Don't give up. Don't give up. A good place to start praying is praying where you're at. Don't try to manufacture something. Because then you might put your trust in a certain way of doing things. But let the relationship begin where you're at. And let it lead to a point where you spend time with Him. when you can call that a devotional time. when you can just spend time with Him because you love Him. The Spirit of God is willing to fight for you. He's always ready to act upon your have- behalf reminded of that that Jesus Christ cares for your need more than you care for your own need he cares for your family more than you care for your family in the midst when you want to pray he actually prays for you as well in the midst when you feel like you're weak in the midst when you feel like a failure he's saying you're more than a conqueror in me in the midst when you feel like I'm a weak vessel There is nothing good in me. He's saying you are strong because I live within you. Just let the Spirit of God lead your life. In the moment when you're broken, you don't know what to say. Just don't say anything. Just lift your hands and say, here I am, oh God. I don't know what to say. But you know everything. When the phone calls come to you, they contradict what you think might happen. Just say, God the things are known to you before I speak before I share my heart you already know my situation you have control over the situation I'm gonna lift my hands and worship you because your promises are yes and amen I am more than a conqueror I am stronger I am stronger than the things that can come against me when I am weak then I am Strong. Say with me: When I am weak, I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong. Don't give up. Believe in God. He will answer you. He will answer you. Hallelujah. 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 God, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us. To be real. God, you know our lives. You know we're sitting down. You know when we lay down, when we wake up in the morning. You know our thoughts. Before we speak a word, you already know it. There is no reason to talk with you in the language that sometimes we don't even understand. God, but you desire for us to be open with you. In the moments when we're in need. Just to say Father I'm in need of you. In the moments when we struggle. We cry out to you for help. To give us the strength. The supernatural strength. That we possess within us already. To be able to turn away from the things that are not of yours. And to follow the spirit. Because your spirit is always ready to act upon our behalf. Oh God. Give us the understanding to be able to understand the truth. That we possess the power. That we are not bound by the things around us. But we are yours. We are yours. God I am asking you to heal those that are sick. God you did this in my family. You touched my mom supernaturally and you healed her from cancer. God, there's so many people that are battling cancer. There's so many people that are battling sickness. And so often we can just say things that you do. But sometimes we don't see them. And we just hope in you, God, in this moment of despair. When we're hurting. We cry out to you in the midst of this hurt and say, God, heal us. Touch us supernaturally. God, I'm asking if there's people in this place, brothers and sisters, that are struggling physically, battling with sickness, heal them in the name of Jesus. Supernaturally, you can come into their room. You can come right now, whatever where they at, and front in the platform, in the back, it doesn't matter, your spirit moves the same way. Oh Jesus, give us the grace. The same way that you're giving the grace to Earl and Fayette. Through this process. It's not 100%. Not everything is perfectly fine. But it's so much better than it was two months ago. God, I'm asking you. Give us the strength to go through the process. And to say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. God, I'm asking you. Give us faith like little children the same way my daughter prays to you and being two years old maybe she doesn't even fully understand what she's talking about but you hear her and you look for faith in our hearts to have the same way the kids have the children have to be able to say God hear us and know be confident that you hear us God I'm asking you to hear us at work in the moments when we are upset in the moments when we feel like we just failed and we disappointed you God I'm asking you to uphold us to hear our silence and to be able to heal us oh God we are in need of you but we do not want to come before you with all these needs but we want to come with thanksgiving and say thank you that we have hope thank you for the cross thank you for the Holy Spirit that is within us that whenever we're weak we're actually strong in you God you're waiting sometimes in our life for us to come to that point where we can say I'm so weak I can't go on and this is what you're saying but now I'll carry you on oh Jesus we thank you that you're always there we thank you that we can open up before you and just talk to you. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to fake it. We don't have to put a show, but to be able to say and to start praying where we're at. Not to do some ritual things in our life, but to be able to say, God, I thank you for this day. From this service, when we go home in our ways, when we walk on a subway, in the cars, to say, Lord, I'm grateful for your presence. To acknowledge you in all of our ways. All of our ways, oh God. We love you today. We praise you. Because you're a good God. You're faithful. You will answer our prayer. We believe in you. We have faith in you. We're not going to get fooled. But you will carry us to the end. And one day our eyes will see you. And one thing. What we are able to say. Is by the grace of God. And grace alone. We have made it. Oh God. Thank you. Thank you. That you are true to your word. And you are not a man. That you should lie. And thank you. That we can be real with you. Thank you Lord. That in our own moments. In our lonely moments. You are still the same. As you are in this moment. We praise you. And we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. God bless you guys.